podcast with me phil and me paul and on this week's show we'll be doing our review of the latest in the destiny of the doctor audio story range and that is a seventh doctor story called shockwave but first we well before we get onto the news actually um a quick sort of few minutes on the prom we went to last week yes yes uh, the doctor prom not our local school prom we, we just sort of <laughs> p- p- pitched up at because we heard there was free booze there um <laughs> <laughs> oh, quickly escorted away by the police. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, of course, the Doctor Who prom. Yes, we went there last um, last Saturday night. Um, and those of you who follow us on Twitter, uh, you'll have seen we were sort of tweeting photographs all the way through the prom. And uh, it was an absolutely fantastic night, wasn't it? It was. It was, yeah. Uh, hot? <laughs> yes. Was yeah, the feeling? It but, was. Um, um, yeah, could we, have been a bit cooler. It could no. have been. Yeah, we were under the misapprehension that the uh, Royal Abbott Hall was, um, what's we call it, had uh, air conditioning there. Yeah, it, it's obviously not, not. It didn't, no. no. Um, it was an absolute sweat box, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, some people pay good money for that, but uh, I would have preferred to have been a bit cooler, personally. Yes. But, uh, but it, yes, the it, interval was what needed just to step out of <laughs> Uh, yeah, because we we were sitting. In a, I know this sounds a bit posh, but we were sitting in a, in, a, in a box. We had our own. Well, not our own box, but we were sharing with a with, a, with the uh, queen, wasn't it? The queen, it was actually yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we had a damn good view of the stage, um, so you could see things quite closely. I wish I'd taken a decent camera with me, so I could have got some decent photographs because everything was taken on my uh, my camera phone. But um, yeah, it was absolutely fantastic, absolutely fantastic. I think the highlight for me was the radiophonic workshop section yes yeah it was in fact that um dudley simpson got a good round of applause for being there yeah oh yeah definitely and the fact he, yeah he was there and and hearing his music played by an orchestra yeah i mean you must think you listen to the the bits they did from the as peter davis calls it the classic series yeah and you just think how much how good it sounds and you think how much must must those people want give their right arm to have had a full orchestra to be writing for during their day yeah oh exactly it was just it was good to hear the um like sit your death yeah uh theme played by a full orchestra and it, it was just it was just amazing absolutely yeah. amazing um but yeah mark Ayers and brian hodgson wasn't it yes it was brian hodgson uh were there on stage as well recreating some of the uh some of the weirdest stuff they actually did uh, the Sea Devils, didn't they? Yeah. At one point, which they recreated on stage. So that that was uh, that was one of my favourite Doctor Who scores. Anyway, I love the Sea Devils, but uh, yeah, it was just great. It was absolutely great. Um, surprise guests were Peter Davison and Caroline Ford. Yeah, we weren't expected there on the night. Uh, that was a nice surprise. I don't think anybody knew who Caroline Ford was when she walked out on stage. No, it's because she walked out and it was a little a polite smattering of applause, wasn't it? Because the audience are going, who's this? Then she just went, "Hello, I'm Caroline Ford." Then it then it was a bit more, "Hey," wasn't it? It was, um, yeah, it was, it, that was that was quite odd. <laughs> but no, it was really really great. Um, there were sort of like loads of stuff from the show. They had Daleks. Oh, there were the Ice Warrior costume, the updated one. That was absolutely fantastic. That that was one of my one of my sort of personal highlights of the evening as well. Yeah. 
seeing that. But the the poor sod in that costume, though. Yeah, he must have been quite hot. Yeah, because not only was he in the costume, to, but to, to begin with, he was in, well, a, a, a fake block of ice, which is obviously made out of fiberglass or resin or, or something yeah. like that. Uh, so yeah, he was encased in that inside the Ice Warrior costume. So that was, that. he must have been absolutely melting inside there. Well, all of them must have been. We had like, Strax yeah. and Madame Vastra there in full makeup. Um, the guys in the Daleks, you had like the both Cybermen, you had the Cybersmen and the new um, Cybermen as well. Which yeah. do, which um, when you see them move about, it's it's amazing how much they've improved the costume because they moved about quite freely, didn't they? Yeah, you could actually imagine them running in that. Yeah, they could actually. I mean, you, you they actually could run in that, couldn't they? Rather, yeah, than... exactly. But uh, uh, what else? There's Silurians, Jadoon. It was. It was just great. The music was fantastic. The only thing, and you, I think you said this afterwards, that um, at the end when all, everyone took a bow, yeah, Murray Murray Gold come right on stage, didn't he? Sort of taking all the all the plot. This is music, but um, it would have been nice. Didn't did he? And it would yeah. you say it would well, have been I mean, nice. He, yeah, he. I, I don't know how mobile he is and whatever, but even the the fact of Marquez and that didn't, and you think, well, you know, this is much there. History as anybody else's, yeah. Why, why didn't they at least have them two come down onto the stage? They still sort of sat in the orchestra as if they was just part of the, the orchestra. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a, a bit of a shame that I think they they deserve the the plaudits as well. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. But especially with someone like I mean, Duddy Simpson works on Doctor Who for a good many years, longer than I think longer than Murray Gold is. I'm not entirely yeah. sure. Um. And Mark Ayres has, has kept the flame burning for, for Doctor Who, or classic Doctor Who music, for for ages now. Yeah. And he's always interviewed on all the uh, the DVDs, and not just about the music. So he's been involved with Doctor Who for, you know, uh, you know since it got cancelled. He worked on the show when it was, you know, during McCoy's era. Um, and he's continued to sort of, like, you know, keep the flame burning. And I, I, as, you, as you say, it would have been better or nice... To have, or maybe even right to have had them on stage taking the bow as well. Yeah, just to come down the front as well at the end there. Yeah. I, mean, I couldn't see why that wouldn't have been possible. No, that's right. Um, now, obviously, this this was filmed as well, wasn't it? So it's apparently it's going to be on television later in the year. I presume it's going to be part of the around the 50th yeah. Yeah, uh, anniversary. I'll assume so. And, of course, Matt Smith and, and Jenna Coleman, as she now calls herself, uh, were there as well. So... Uh, yeah, they sort of made a little joke about the, the doctor's hair being shorter. Yes. So, and it hasn't grown back much, has it? <laughs> no, really hasn't. Um, but of course, the the other thing as well was the the premiere of uh, a specially composed piece of music by Murray Gold called "Song for 50. Yeah. Which now, I've got to be honest, I found a little underwhelming. Yes, I mean it's difficult, isn't it? Because you've got no context with it. With the other stuff, it's it's all it brings back memories and whatever. Yeah. So you're stuck with this that hasn't really you haven't really got a place for it. No, I actually listened back to it just listening to it on the iPlayer, hmm. and it seemed it wasn't too bad. It didn't seem too bad listening back to it, which is just because you're then just listening to it as a piece of music again. You know, yeah, I think, I think it's just not something that. No, the, the 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 actual music itself, I didn't. I found a little bit dull, but apparent. And I, I must, I didn't pick up on this on the night. But apparently, the lyrics are a lot more meaningful. If you listen to the lyrics, it's that yeah. that says more about the show than anything else. Yeah. 
So, so you know, I think I'll have to listen to it again. But on the night, we we both came away thinking that a little bit that was a little bit of a, a, a sort of you know, no pun intended here, but a bit of a, a bum note to end the evening on, really. Yeah, it's actually the fact of also yeah that it ended it. Yeah. So yeah, that and there was also the odd bits the bark thrown in, which was there was some very very ten- tenuous tenuous at the yeah. Best. What was it? Um, what's it called? It's Fugue in D minor. Yeah, is that yeah? Which was briefly um, featured in a, in Attack of the Cybermen. Yeah, as in yeah, when the doctor <laughs> when the when the TARDIS turned into an uh, into an old pipe organ and the doctor played a few a few notes from Fugue in D minor. So yeah, yeah. Um, but very tenuous. But hey, I mean, it it was a fantastic evening. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I didn't really. I actually, I mean, when I was sitting there, I mean, I, you know, I didn't I didn't get bored at any time. To be honest. No. It didn't matter what the music was. Um, and do you know what the thing that surprised me was the music from the Rings of Ackerton? Yeah, which actually, yeah, made a lot lot more sense in that setting than it did in the programme. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we felt afterwards, didn't we, that it was just more like a case of this was almost, you almost felt like that that episode was written just so they'd have something decent for the proms. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I, I think I tweeted in the interval that um, if you put the episode to one side, the music from the Rings of Ackerton is actually quite beautiful. Yeah. And I must admit, it was quite moving, because you had all the, 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 the full orchestra there, and you've got the choir there as well. And it does sort of build, it sort of swells at the end. And it, it was, I mean, I, I really did like it, to be honest. Yeah. And I, I, will, I will stand by that, and I will say that in public. <laughs> Yes, there you, <laughs> there you as, go. Long, as long as you put the episode to, to one, one side, side. <laughs> indeed, put the episode to one side. That's what you have to do. Concentrate on the music. Oh well. So, um, well, if there's the next one, uh, another prom, we're definitely going. Yeah, we are definitely going because it was an amazing night. It really was. It really was. Anyway, let's go on to the news now, shall we? Yes. Yes, because we've we've sort of sort of been away for the last couple of weeks, so there's an awful lot of um, sort of news to catch up on. Um, but we won't go into it in too much detail. Now, um, Stephen Moffat, on the anniversary special, um, he says you could call it movie length. Yeah. He says it's certainly well over an hour. So um, I think that might have satisfied a few more fans out there. Uh, yeah. I'm, to, to be honest, it's, it's never been a question of... It's not the length, is it? It's, it's, it's the quality. <laughs> It's what you do with it that counts. It <laughs> I mean, if it's an hour and a half, of which half half of it's just padding, then mm. you might as well not bother. But yeah, that's it. Hopefully, it's it needs it's that length because it needs to be. That's what you want it to be. Indeed, yeah. Not, we don't want another. Um, was it the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I always use that as a yardstick of... of, of... <laughs> to beat him with. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, that's the yardstick of crapness, that one. Um, I really do despise that bloody story. Um, yeah, so if, if uh, let's just hope it doesn't turn out like that. Christ. <laughs> oh, dear. Now, um, obviously, sort of around about that time, we've also, you know, the fifth anniversary, we've got an adventure in space and time to come as well. And since we've been away, a few teas official... Teaser photographs or publicity photos have been released. Yes, of uh, David Bradley as William Hartnell dressed as the Doctor, and um, he does look the part. 
Yeah, it does look rather good, doesn't it? It does. Um, have you seen the other screenshot with the actress playing Caroline Fold? Yes. In the tar- I mean, I thought it was her. It wasn't, yeah. until, it wasn't until I looked at the, doctor, at the Doctor I noticed it was David Bradley. I mean, the likeness is uncanny. Yeah. After me, I'm, I'm not so sure what I'm looking forward to most now, actually, out of that mm, and I'm, the 50th. Oh, no, I, th- I think I'm actually looking forward to this more. Yeah. I think my expectations of this being good are higher than... <laughs> Yeah, because well, fifty. I don't know why. I think it's because you. I don't know. I suppose you sort of know what happens. Yes. Yeah. I I think there's there's no there's no there's no nasty surprises for you with this, is there? No. Not story wise. Anyway, I know there's sort of there must be a little bit you know creative license, obviously, but you know it's not you know it's not it's not going to be anything earth shattering, is it? Yeah, you're 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 watching it as much for the performances and that. Yes. as the story. That's right. And and I what I've seen of it so far, I'm extremely, extremely excited. And I'm just a little bit sad that they chose the Paris Comic Con to to premiere this stuff. Yeah, well I right. suppose it was just the right timing, really. I suppose. But we've had a we've had we just had a recent London Comic Con, haven't we? Yeah, but I, I don't know. It depends on what they're But yeah. I suppose actually it may be as well, because obviously you've got the um 50th uh, conference stuff going on in November. They probably might feel, well, we can bring it, we can use it there as well. Yeah. And which people won't have seen it in this country there. So it'd almost be an exclusive for this country. Yeah. At the 50th. I suppose so. Well, actually, um, talking of the, the, the 50th anniversary convention, because um, the last time we were all together, we were talking about the tickets were going on sale the next Monday. Uh, they did go on sale the next Monday, and we didn't get any, did we? No. No. Um, it was a bit of a balls up on the BBC's part. Um, there, for people who registered on the official website, they got a promotional code uh, to start using from um, nine a.m. on that Monday morning. Sort of, which they had a two-hour window to get you know um, tickets ahead of the general public. Yeah. Um, and the code didn't work because somebody at the BBC had spelt it wrong on their servers. Well, you say the BBC. Whoever was running it for the yeah, BBC, it probably would have been the BBC. Um, actually, the, the people who, um, well, I know who they are because they're one of our customers at work. <laughs> yeah, and it's a wing of the BBC. So yes, it's squarely in the BBC's uh, um, frame. This one, yeah. So it was a bit of a bit of a nose up. Of course, as usual, with anything connected to Doctor Who, they always surprised at the amount of um, people trying to get tickets. So of course, all the servers were overloaded. Um, I don't know when these people are going to learn. Yeah. Really? It's just stagger it, for Christ's sake. I mean, if you're going to give... I mean, the amount of people that must have gone and registered on that site were all given a promotional code, all hitting the server all at the same time. Yeah. I mean, surely give out different codes to use at different time frames. It's not difficult to work out. Yeah. It really isn't. I'm not just saying that the BBC... It's any Doctor Who event. It always sells out within minutes and all the servers get overloaded because they're always surprised at demand. Um, oh, come on, you know. <laughs> How can they still be surprised at demand now? Yeah. yeah. I mean, in some ways, you, you think it's good because at least it shows that they're still... It it does. I mean, it's good that that amount of people are still interested in the show, but um, there's a lot of... A lot of disappointed people out there. Um, I'm going to say I'm disappointed, but there's people there with kids who are trying to get tickets to this. Yeah. And couldn't. You know, so they're, they're the ones who are going to suffer sort of more than we are. 
Although, interestingly, at one point, there was family tickets seemed to be available when there wasn't adult tickets. Yeah, you, yeah. We, we, <laughs> we said to you, what do we do? Do we kidnap a couple of kids? Well, we, we, could, we, could have found, we could have found a couple of East End waifs to have uh, dragged <laughs> in there with us. <laughs> yeah, that, that was bizarre. That was. I mean, what are they going to do if you turn up without your kids? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So we're going to get Tony in shorts or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not again. <laughs> Yeah. Oh dear. Anyway, um, moving on. Moving on from that, um, BBC Worldwide have issued their annual report, and it's just a little bit interesting thing. Apparently, the um, the super brands, which I think is like Doctor and I think Top Gear, is part of they they class their super brands. Um, Apparently, that contributes twenty seven percent of BBC Worldwide's headline sales. It's the top five, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. All the super brands. Yeah, that's five. They're five main. Yeah. Shows. Now that um those sales are down fourteen percent on last year. This is twenty twelve into twenty thirteen, so it must be in twenty ten or uh, sorry, twenty eleven to twenty twelve. Yeah. Um it's down on fourteen percent and it's it's partly due to the lower volume of output from Doctor Who. Yeah. Which suggests that Doctor Who is quite a large percent of that twenty seven. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? The now same. doesn't that sort of su- seem to suggest that the BBC is shooting themselves in the foot on this one? By if the the not making the full thirteen in one year. Yeah. As a cost cutting exercise, yes, it does tend to yeah. now, suggest con- that. Now, now considering that Because um, what is it? It's fifty it was about fifty eight million, wasn't it, that's putted back into the BBC for funding of new shows. Yeah. Yeah, something so, like that. Yeah. And so you're talking about those five programmes are about fifteen million? Yeah. So I I don't really understand why they, they chose to split the series if this is the effect it's having, but surely the fact is if you get less sales means less money, which means you can make less episodes. Yeah. So surely that's just a vicious circle. Yeah, and if you've got something that is profitable, then... Mm. I mean, maybe we're o- I'm oversimplifying things, but that's how it seems to me anyway. It just seems that, you know, the less you make, the less you can sell, the less money you get means the less you can make. It would really be interesting if, if it was possible to get a breakdown per year of how much is spent making Doctor Who and how much is made by Doctor Who. Well, as, as, as the, the BBC is a, is a sort of like basically publicly funded, we surely we can ask for that information. I suppose so. Not that I'm that interested. I was going to say, yeah. You want to write the letter? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Um now, um, yeah, it just sort of interesting little bit of news that just the fact that you know um, it just seemed a bit yeah. one of those well, duh, you know, it's you know it's not exactly rocket science, is it? <laughs> but, no. Um, okay, right. Um, now another thing to celebrate uh, Doctor Who. Um, there was a something called the Elvington Maze. Maze. Yes. So it's the Maze Maze. So the maze, maze is in the uh, is in the crop, and Maze is in a maze. Um, yes, up in. Um, is it York, York Mazes Limited? Availed it was it last? Unveiled it was it last weekend? Yes, I believe. It's, uh, um, yeah, it's the Colin Baker, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it. Um, it does look quite. I mean, it's quite an impressive bit. It's of almost work, taking actually. crop circles to a new level, isn't it? It is actually. Yeah, um, it's not what I'll call a maze, though. Well, as as in the fact that you can see, it's only about waist high. Yeah, exactly, and you can easily walk through maze. This is going to get confusing yes. now. That's maze M A I Z E. Yeah, but where's yeah. the fun in that? Yeah, exactly. You can just cut across it if you get lost. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, but, but oh, yeah, no. It's nice. It's a nice thing to do, isn't it? Yes. It's a nice thing to do. But uh, yeah, but it's, it's a sort of maze in the shape of a, uh, a Dalek, and also William Hartnell's and uh, Matt Smith's face as well. Yes. Obviously featuring the first and the eleventh Doctors. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a good bit of work actually. Just not a uh, the most difficult of mazes, is it? <laughs> no, no. It, it, it's, it's, but it's quite. It's, it's a clever bit of yeah drawing. But basically, it's, it's a thousand feet long and contains some six miles of pathways. Yeah. So it must have taken a long time to do, but no, it's um, it's just good that it's people are celebrating Doctor in their own in their own ways, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, actually, I do think that's a good thing. Now, um, talking of celebrating Doctor Who, BFI, the eighth and the tenth Doctor screenings. Um, okay, the tenth Doctor will be on Sunday, the 29th of September. Okay, and originally, because originally they said it was going to be the eighth Doctor. In September, they were swapping the eighth and ninth yeah. doctors over. No, it's actually going to be they're bringing forward the tenth doctor to September, and the eighth doctor will now be in October. Yeah, they're only about a week apart, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. The eighth doctor's the fifth, is it? Something like yeah, that's right. I've unfortunately I haven't got them on the uh, news thing I've got here, but um, no, tenth doctor will be on Sunday, the twenty ninth of September at two p.m. and it's going to be they're going to feature the series four two part finale, the Stolen Earth and Journey's End. Yeah. yeah, interesting choice. Yeah, I just I'm just trying to find another link here. And uh, yeah, Eighth Doctor will be so Eighth Doctor will be shown on Saturday the fifth of October at ten a.m. Ten a.m. Yeah, mm, which is a bit. I'm assuming this has purely got to be down to Paul McGann's um, schedule. I'm yeah. assuming it's going to be him there, or maybe yeah. it's Eric Roberts. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> it is. Perhaps he's going to do it by video link. Maybe That's why it it's got to be earlier. Maybe it <laughs> is. And Daphne Ashbrook and. Um, and the, uh, the, I can't remember the guy, oh, that's terrible, I can't remember the other guy's name. Yeah. The Asian child, we'll just call him that, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I don't know when, the, now, the tickets, tickets go on sale. Um, Monday the 5th of August uh, yep. for, um, the BFI for, champions. for Champions, and then members on Tuesday the 6th. The ballots will close on Friday the 9th of August, and obviously they'll let everybody know on Monday the 12th. Well, you've been successful and they're, or not. And they're running both at the same time. So do you have to send in two emails, one saying you want them for Good the, question, actually. I'll have the 10th or and one for the 8th, or do you just send in an email and they put you in both drawers? God knows. We'll find out on the 6th, obviously. I suppose we will do. I suppose we will do. But, yeah, that's a bit uh, a bit weird, but there you go. There you go. We'll, we'll, we'll soon find out. Let's yeah. for, so I didn't bother with the um, the ninth Doctor one because I'm, I'm going to be away on that weekend, so I didn't bother. But uh, um, and I must admit, I completely forgot when the tickets went on sale for that one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have time either that week. So nah, nah. It's uh, ah well, never mind, never mind. Now um, the next in the Destiny of the Doctor um, audio range for August. Um, obviously it's going to be an eighth doctor story and it's called enemy aliens. And it's been read by India Fisher, uh, featuring Michael Maloney. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, obviously India Fisher played, uh, Charlie Pollard in the big finish, um, audio series. And she's reprising that role here again. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's it. Um, there's a brief synopsis, which I shall take great pleasure reading out for you. Now it says, uh, 1935, a message from a time lord in trouble sends the Eighth Doctor and Charlotte, Charlie Pollard, to the streets of London's West End in a search of a mysterious alien adversary, unaware that something monstrous is already on their trail. 
They soon discover that an insidious conspiracy is indeed at work. Its tentacles extend the length of the British Isles. Proving its existence won't be easy, however, after a confrontra- confrontation in a music hall ends up with do- the Doctor under arrest and Charlie on the run, suspected of murder. All their hopes rest in a musical cue and a man named Hillary, neither of which are much consolation with the two time travellers the object of a nationwide manhunt. And all the while, the enemy aliens are drawing closer and closer still. So there you are. Yeah. Sounds, well, that sounds an easy way of getting rid of the doctor out of a story, doesn't it? Does it does, actually. <laughs> <laughs> when you're only dealing with the companion, yeah. <laughs> yep, so I'm, obviously, I'm assuming that will be um, released sort of right around about the beginning of August. Yeah. As normal, I, I would expect. But uh, And, of course, we should cover it on this podcast. Yes. Indeed we will. Now, um, final bit of news news before we get on to the next, uh, the next little, little item. Um... There's now been announced this week as a complete series one to seven Blu-ray box set. Yeah, it's been announced. Now at the moment, it's just um, announced for North America. Well, the, well, the artwork for the box set has been announced in North America. The UK version will apparently be slightly different, and apparently it will be released um, this autumn around the same time as the release of the series seven box set. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, it includes um, all series one to seven. And they don't know at the moment if it actually includes David Tennant's uh, the specials that he did. It would seem a bit odd Odd if they they don't. don't. I know. It just says presumably. I'm assuming it will do. And apparently it also um, includes a sonic screwdriver remote control. Yes. As well. Which is one of the other things about the report, wasn't it? The current BBC report said they sold 36,000 of them. Hmm, that's right. Not a lot really, is it? No, I don't know. I don't know, though. How much were they? 60, 70 pound a pop? Yeah. And how how many really did you expect to sell of those? Yeah, I know. That really is a niche market you're going after there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't bother with that. Um, I don't know whether, whether to bother with this, actually. If, if, they, I, said, if they said there's going to be loads of extras on there, yeah, I would do, but I'm not really that... It's one of those things, if you haven't already got it... Then, yeah. yeah, it sounds good, and you'll probably go out and get it. But if you've already got the stuff, I mean, I haven't got one to four in Blu-ray, mm. um, but I've got everything else as Blu-ray already. So, yeah. what yeah, am I going to get out of this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not sure if I bother to get them on Blu-ray. To be honest, I'm not really yeah. that. I've already got them once. As, as I said, if there's going if there's no extras on there. Uh, you want to see Evolution of the Daleks in Blu-ray, don't you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do I like? Crikey, yeah. Um, oh, well. Well, we'll soon see how much that's going to cost when that comes out. I am reckon the yeah. best part of 200 quid myself. Um, not sure if it's going to well, Yeah, probably will be, actually. Yeah, yeah. You're right, yeah. Yeah, that's what I reckon. But Oh, we'll see. We shall see. And of course... Sorry, I can't get rid of all the other remote controls they haven't sold. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> they're just bunging them in there now. Well, now they're going to have a 10th Doctor one to sell as well, so... Yeah. Yeah, they've got, got to get rid of the 11th Doctor ones first, but... Oh, well, there we go. Now, okay. Now, obviously, while we've been away, there's a lot of... Um, there's been a lot of tap building up. And it's been, has. it's been piling up in his corner. And he's a bit annoyed. So let's, let's get rid of it now, then. So... Let's go to Omega's Tat Corner. You pester me with trinkets! Right, okay. Here we go. The first item in the Tat Corner this week. Um, now, we mentioned this... I, I can't remember if we did mention this or not, actually. It was the um, when there was that uh, toy fair earlier on this year. 
and there was uh, back was it back in January, wasn't it? Yeah. And there was a load more uh, tat announced there, and you've now got the twelve-inch British Icon Dalek. Yes. Yes. Um, basically, it's. It's yeah. Basically, it's um, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a twelve-inch Dalek painted in a Union Jack livery. Yes. Um, and also look at the San Diego Comic Con this week. They've also done one in the Stars and Stripes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, apparently, it's um, it's limited edition. I, I, yeah, surprisingly. 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 <laughs> For um, the demand would force them to make it. <laughs> Yeah, um, apparently it's got 10 Dalek phrases with lights and sound effects. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. And it's going to be available from late August. Yes. Yeah, um, I don't have a price on it. No. I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm just having a, a quick look here, see if I can find anything out. No, I can't. I can't be bothered. Um, so I'm assuming it's going to be quite a lot of money for that particular item of tat. Yes. And, and I do think they really have reached the bottom of that barrel now. Yes. What is it, What else can yeah, we do with Daleks? I know we'll paint them in the colour of flags. Yeah, okay, yeah. You, you really have reached the bottom of the barrel. So You're uh, just waiting for the Justin Bieber Dalek, aren't you? I'm indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I can smash it. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, there's um, a TV commercial. Uh, we reported there was the, the new 3.75-inch figures have been released by Character Options, which replaced the, um, the 5-inch ones. They're not particularly great, these new no. ones, but they've done uh, a TV commercial uh, now. But um, now, did you did you see the commercial? Yeah, it's actually quite weird to see Doctor Who advertising on the Doctor Who toys advertising the telly. To, to be honest, but um, I've got to be I've got to be honest. Uh, Paul at the Faros Project did his own version of this. Yes, uh, it encouraged me more to go out and buy the stuff in his version. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all I've got to say, well played, sir. Well played. Yes. That, yes, very well done. Um, yeah, it, it actually made more sense than the actual voiceover <laughs> for the for the official effort. So. But, yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I just thought I had to, I had to drop that in. Now, um, talking of um, really severe tat now, Paul, this is severe tat. Um, for, <laughs> Forbidden Planet, um, you can buy... Oh, this is this is absolutely amazing. You can buy... A, you could buy a Mr. Potato Head 11th Doctor. Yes. Uh, it's what the world's been crying out for. Oh, isn't it? Jesus <laughs> Christ. What? Why? Why? <laughs> why? What the hell is going they, on? They've there? obviously been bombarded with questions asking them why they don't do one, and they've finally given in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Now, um... I haven't got the, um, the the price in front of me here, unfortunately. Uh, no, I, I haven't I, now got the will to live. I know, exactly. <laughs> I just can't be bothered to find out what the price is. I really can't. Yeah, basically, it's also available in the BBC shop as well. Um, but I just trying to... But there, there is some terrible, terrible blurb um, that has gone along with this as well. And I shall, um, I shall read this out to you. The 11th Doctor is played by Mash Smith... Um, hop in the tireless Mr. Potato Head as he pays homage to the last known survivor of Galley Fry. Uh, Doctor in his quirky length incarnation. Set comes complete with eight removable parts and pieces. Yes. Yeah, okay. That's enough about that. Again, there's the sound of the barrel being scraped again. Yes. Bloody hell. 
I mean, what are they going to? I mean, surely they, they, what, I mean, they've got to reach a, an end with this soon. I mean, <laughs> what they can do? They've got at least another ten to come of these. <laughs> oh God! Well, so as of that, if it was Martin from Bad Wolf, actually, so it would, it would make more sense if they did um, a Sontaran potato head. It, yeah. Rather than the Doctor one. I, oh dear. Defies belief. It defies belief. Now. I'm going to save the best till last, actually. But um, now another thing that was um, sort of doing the rounds. I think the last time we all recorded um, was these little sneak preview things of um, on Twitter of little images of um, sort of photographs, things to do with the Fourth Doctor. Doctor, yeah. And it was all to do with this something called the Fourth Doctor time capsule. Yes. Uh, DVD, um, which you can buy from the BBC shop and other. Reputable places. Um, yes, basically what it is, it's a limited edition. Apparently, I think there's like 5,000 of these made or something. Um, it's a deluxe Tom Baker-themed box set, okay? Um, and it includes an exclusive interview with Tom Baker, a letter from Tom Baker introducing the set, exclusive Tom Baker action figure. Uh, look at the action figure. It looks like a regeneration one from Pertwee to, to Baker. Yeah. I mean that. Odd. Yeah. Uh, it's good they're getting ready for the third Doctor one. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to bring it. <laughs> just put a different head on it. Well, yeah, they got, I'm sure they've got to do a. Um, well, no, they've got to do a uh, Trout and Superbie one, haven't they? Mm. Yeah. When I, when I read when I read it was it includes exclusive contributions from Tom Baker himself and exclusive action figure. I was hoping he'd actually made the action figure. I might have bought a Tom Baker made action figure. <laughs> Well, you've also got um, in the advanced DVD release of Terror of the Zygons uh, in there yes. as well, but it is apparently it's just a, a vanilla release. Yeah, it's just there's no extras on it. There's no documentaries or or anything like that. So, um, which you have to ask yourself why they couldn't have done at least put the proper full version that's going to come out on DVD into yeah. this set. Yeah, I know. Just, For the money, it is. It's yeah, you know, it's, it's a lot of money. It, yeah. wouldn't, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have hurt them to have done it. They could have afforded to have lost one sale on the actual DVD of Terror of the Zygons to have given people the proper version in this. Yeah, I would have thought so. But Well, now this is released on the 29th of July. You can pre-order it now from the BBC shop, and it will cost you £55.99. pence. And there, yeah. are, there are other DVDs in there as well. I think you've got Gen- is it Genesis of the Daleks in there, and um, you've also got a, a fourth Doctor Sonic screwdriver... You've got photographs of all the, doc- the fourth Doctor's companions, um, so there's a there is a bit more, um, and you've got an audio book and novel in there as well. Yeah. Um, again, it's stuff you've already got apart from Terror of the Zygons. Yeah. And maybe the exclusive figure, if that's your thing, but uh, you know, it's not really worth the fifty-five quid or nearly fifty-six quid really for those a few postcards and a book, is it? Yeah, you you get the feeling now because they are sort of coming to the end of what they've got to release mm. DVD wise. They are trying to find ways of eking out as much from oh god these yeah. as they can. I mean, as in putting the tenth um, planets into the regenerations box set before that comes officially released to try and get people to buy the regenerations box set. Yeah, early. Uh, you've got the same sort of thing here, haven't you, with Terror of the Zygons? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I just think it's a bit, bit strange, really. But oh well, people will buy it, won't they? Yeah, you, oh yeah. You, you I get, mean, you get the, com- just... the complete is out there. Who wants it? So it, it is literally trying to milk the market, isn't it? Mm. It is indeed. It is indeed. Now, as I said, I've left. I've left the best till last. Okay. And as we know, the 50th anniversary is coming uh, in November. 
And uh, we're all going to be celebrating it, aren't we? Yes. And as you Indeed. know, well, I was going to say, no celebration or party is complete without cake. No. No, it's not. Well, luckily for you at home, uh, Lakeland have uh, released a load of Doctor Who themed um, cake stuff and, and moulds and straws, napkins, ice cube trays, etc, etc. And, um, yeah, I mean, this is... Um, Actually, this got a glowing report from uh, well, one third of the, the Farrow's project. Who said it was it was quality product? Yes, I think they were being sarcastic, but anyway. Um, some so, so basically, it got. Um, let's, let's go through some of the highlights, as it says here on, on this on this, on this <laughs> web link. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Dalek cupcake wraps and toppers. Uh, it's a disguise your cupcakes as delicious Daleks. I've never had a, a Dalek down as delicious before. No, no. Um, <laughs> Yeah, basically in, in the set you've got twenty four cake wraps and twenty four toppers, six of each colour. They look is, like... it, is this obviously explaining why the reconstruction of the why we had the new Daleks? It's so they could have different coloured cupcakes. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know <laughs> what? A bit bored with the black and gold and <laughs> I, I've got a horrible feeling you're right. <laughs> um okay, you've got uh, This is uh... a long marketing plan they've had. <laughs> <laughs> well you've got another highlight, it's a TARDIS cupcake kit. Yeah. Um, it comes in a, in a TARDIS box, and it looks like you've got uh, basically like cupcake kits, and you just stick little cardboard Daleks or a Doctor or a TARDIS or a canine on the top. Yes, actually, uh, you've got a TARDIS. Uh, and, and, you'd be, and you'd be very mean with the icing, by the looks of it. Indeed, <laughs> very frugal, isn't it? You can't afford much icing after you bought the cupcake kit. <laughs> it's because those BBC Worldwide sales. Yes, that's why. See. Make more, make more, yeah, exactly. Make more programs to sell. We got more cupcake icing, all right? Yeah. That's how it works. Um, another highlight a TARDIS chocolate mould. Yes. Uh, yeah, you get little chocolate moulds of like Sontar and Cybermen heads and Weeping Angels, etc., etc., etc. Strangely, that appeals to me. <laughs> <laughs> the chocolate side of it. Uh, Doctor yeah. Who straws. Um, there's um, apparently they just got Dalek toppers on them, eight of each colour. Yeah. Um, it's just a straw with a Dalek poking through it, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Doctor Who party plates. And and this is the pièce de résistance, basically. The Dalek cake stand. Yes. Yes, all those lovely, lovely cakes you just made. You can put them on a, uh, a Dalek cake stand. It stands at 12 inches high. Hmm. Okay. Actually, it's not, actually, sorry, 19 and a quarter inches high. Sorry. I'm just, I'm just trying to convert the... Um, the sentiments into inches here for, for all our rest of our uh, um, international listeners who don't always use centimetres. Yeah. Some people still do measure in inches. So, and, and people like to stick imperial. Um, yeah, it, it, I'm sorry, this is, this is crap. <laughs> I, I, I can see if you've got if you've a got kid's, a party kid's party and you wanted to theme it around Doctor Who, then. Yeah. There, yeah. There's other things you've got... Um, but how many times are you going to use it? <laughs> exactly, I oh, know. You, you've got other things. You've got Dalek cupcake cases, Doctor Who cake decorating kits, and... Oh, dear. Yeah, and if, if you want to buy it, you just go to lakeland.co.uk. Yeah. You've got, you've got the full range on there. I mean, it's this. I suppose it's nice they're doing it, but... Again, I can hear that that, that barrel being scraped again. Yeah. I think they've actually gone through the, the other side of the barrel now. scraped at the moment. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just to get the last bit of icing out to top up those cupcakes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Oh, dear. 
Right, okay then, folks. That was a rather long, long um, news section this week. We haven't got around to doing the review yet. So um, let's wrap this up very, very quickly. So another week then. That was the news. Okay, everybody, it's time to discuss the latest in the Destiny of the Doctor audio uh, story range, and this time we're talking about Shockwave. When you travelled with a Time Lord in a battered blue box, that's what every day was like, different from the one before. Some days were like this. A purple sky full of perfect clouds and flocks of gem birds. And other days were like this. Panic and mayhem, the universe in mortal peril, danger at every turn. In fact, most days with the Doctor are like that. Okay. Can you remember who went first last time? Uh, not off the top of my head. It's been a while, actually. Yeah, it's been a while, actually, yeah. Um, Do you want me to go first? You go first, you go first. What did you think? Um, I actually liked this. Okay. I'm not too sure why. Because when <laughs> I think about it back again afterwards, I think to myself, well, I'm not sure about that and this but actually as a story i quite liked it it's quite a it's a fairly simple story it is yeah and, you're right you're right yeah and i think it for that it works in this format it didn't try to do too much no it didn't um and i think she actually sophie aldridge actually really read this rather well i i was i'm in complete agreement with you actually i'm in complete agreement i really did enjoy this yeah it, and, i think i think it's it's really she's been the I mean, other than Fraser Hines, mainly because he could do the, yeah. the the Doctor impression so brilliantly that he took you out of the the fact that it was only a, a one man show, so to speak. Mm. She's actually been the best in terms of narrating. I think. I think so, and she can still do the Ace voice as well. Yeah, she still she can still put on that young voice, which when you get older, it's it's a it's a difficult thing to do. Yeah. It's to do the voice of a young person. So yeah, I mean I thought I thought it was it was great. As you said the story was fairly straightforward. Yeah. And it didn't really actually go very anywhere, did it? If it you didn't. think back to it. I mean this is the actual thing about it. I enjoyed it. And then the minute you start thinking, what am I gonna say about this? This is the problem that we've we've had, haven't we? We're doing a podcast now, is the fact that you actually like stuff and then find yourself totally ripping it apart just so you've got yeah. something to say. Yeah. Um, um and this is a bit what I've got a problem I'm having with this, and I'm trying not to do that actually, because I actually enjoyed it, and I don't really want to rip it apart. Do you know? I, I actually can't find anything to rip it apart for, to be honest. Um, no, nothing, it, nothing immediately springs to mind. You've got something. Do you, do you want me to start? Go on, then. Go on. <laughs> it's just it, it. Well, in in the sense that it's a completely circular story. Mm. Um, it doesn't really. There's no overly point to it. Um. They've got why? Why if the character, the girl, wants to steal the the voice, mm. is is never really explained. No, so we, there's, there's this MacGuffin it called the Voice of Stone. Yeah, that the that the um, that the Doctor is there to collect. Yeah, again, I think that was the thing. That was the thing about um, this story. It did have all the sort of like the hallmarks of of the Seventh Doctor in there. Basically, he knew what was going on. Nobody yeah. else did. Yeah, it was well, that. Why? Yeah, it was but that. At least he turned up for a purpose, as opposed yeah. to he just materialised somewhere and was trying to work out what was happening. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, yeah. Sorry, go, go. Yeah. Yeah. So you never really got to why she'd want to steal that. Well, I think if it, she was going to die anyway. Well, now wasn't it to just to do with their 
their religion, wasn't it? Yeah, but it just seemed to be... And how did she know how to steal it? I can understand the Doctor could break into a, a safe in that way, but mm. she seemed to have taken a hell of a lot of information with her, didn't she? How to she stop did. the engines, how to break into the safe. Well, I, th- I, think, I think, again, you're supposed to... Maybe I'm, again, maybe reading a little bit too much into this, but I think you're supposed to see they had their plan as well, as, yeah. well, as well as the Doctor. This was all part of the part of the plan it was all that whole thing to do with what ace was saying um because they wanted all the because they believed that when this um now we're going to spoilers we already had spoilers folks yeah. so we, we always forget to warn you before we discuss these things yeah. we are going to, into spoilers now um basically before tarsus ultra was the point of um exploding this religious um group believed that they would if the, when they die they would go to this higher plane of consciousness they become like it, that, again, actually, that's probably the one thing I probably would um, say was a, a little bit cliched was going into like they were evolving to beings of pure energy. Yeah, yeah that's a little bit cliched now, but um, but for the purposes of this, it was that that's what they believe. And I think the whole it's a bit st- difficult to, to explain what they're doing unless you give it that sort of edge, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Um, and basically, what the whole thing was, they sent this girl onto the. I wish I could remember the character's name now. Bugger, I can't remember it. Yeah. Um, but anyway. She that she gets sent onto the shit to disable it because they believe that everybody should have this wonderful gift, yeah, of the afterlife. Um, and really, I think the whole story really is it's a story about faith and belief, isn't it? And where you shouldn't force your faith and belief onto other people. Yeah, I mean that's that's the moral of the story, isn't it? It is. Um, yeah, it is. That everyone has their own right to to live their own life. Yeah. Um, but. Well, I was going back to, I mean, you're saying the, the fact is, you think, yeah, they've got this all carefully planned, they've worked out how they're going to, dis- they've taught her how to disable the engines, how to break into the safe. They just didn't actually get her on the ship. Yeah. That well planned, you'd have thought she'd have been at the front of the queue to get on. Because <laughs> if you, because this is what I mean by a circular, because if the doctor doesn't go back to get the, to get the voice of stone, mm. then Ace is not on board to beam her on board. If she's not beamed on board, then the ship survives anyway. Yeah, true. All the problems are caused by Ace beaming her on board. Oh, yeah, it's all very much Ace's fault, isn't it? Yeah. But, but I've got a funny feeling that's what they were trying to... Because there was no way they would have let anybody from that religious group onto the ship in the first place. Um, and I think they just sort of picked up on Ace as being, I say, not, 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 you know, not, not a sucker, as, as it were, a bit of a mug. Um, but basically, sort of like they could see she was sort of humane enough to... to let someone on board. Yeah, but in something that's with that well planned, I mean, this is what I'm saying, this is why I don't want to go into yeah. I a story I d- that I like, and you start picking holes yeah. in it, and it's silly. No, I, I just I just got a feeling that they, it would have been, they would have tried to appeal to someone yeah. to have let them on board, use, using that girl as, as bait, Yeah, basically. But, no, I think um, she was very good. I thought Ian Brooker was very good as Captain 01. Yes. Um, if you compare to the um, Trouble in Paradise that we covered last time, uh, the actor doing, um, was it Columbus, was yeah. um, bloody Cameron awful. Cameron Stewart. Cameron Stewart, bloody awful. But this was um, very well done. Yeah. Actually, he, I thought he was good. No, I and I, th- really- I think actually just the fact of how they kept... The, the story was written from the companion point of view and the Doctor was just brought in as necessary. Yeah. And it worked then well as this sort of... In this sort of... Uh, type of story. Mm. They didn't try and overplay his part and but it wasn't 
that he was you always got the feeling he was doing something in the background there was always reference to him doing something in the background the doctor yeah. was chatting to the captain was devising the plan or whatever so you never felt that it was actually the doctor wasn't involved he just wasn't on screen at that time if you like yeah oh yeah yeah you always you always knew he was he was there manipulating things yeah and that and that's what i liked i liked that bit because it said it, it had all the hallmarks of the seventh doctor yeah Fair play to that. Actually, as actually, there's only one thing. There's one thing I will pick up on, and that is um, Sophie Aldred's impression of Sylvester McCoy. It was a little bit too broad with the Scottish accent. Yeah, but I suppose that's it's difficult to do. Yeah, it's difficult. And I, I, I like she did try to get the the rolling of his R's. Yeah, a lot. Um, she sort of dropped that in now and again. So that you know that was. I, I do think she did a rather good job. I thought she read it really well. Yeah. No, you followed yeah, it as a story, and, yeah. and you didn't know quite where it was going to that extent yeah. either. Yeah, I mean, I know in the last one we got together, it was, I mean, lately we've been a bit Seventh Doctor heavy, haven't we? Because our last one was, uh, all the commentary we did was Ghostlight. Yes. And I said there, I wasn't a biggest fan of Ace. And every, I mean, everybody loves Ace. I just wasn't, I mean, it just was that, that particular story I just didn't particularly like. Because we just wanted that episode to be over, didn't we? Yeah. To be honest, we didn't really enjoy it, but... Um, but I think in this, though, she was rather good as a character. Yeah, because you sort of got the best parts of her yeah. as the character, didn't you? The wanting to help. Yeah. And I, also being quite independent. Well, th- th- I think the other thing to take consideration here as well, there's been, you know, um, a good many years has passed since Ghostlight was made. And I think, obviously, Sophie Aldred has improved as an actress. Yeah. Because I, I, I think those are the bits that sort of made me cringe a little bit is when she, in Ghost, like when she was, Ace was sort of like being a little bit introspective and sort of looking, thinking about what had happened to her Yeah. when she was young. And she didn't really sell it that well. But I think now, you know, she's had a lot more sort of acting experience under her belt. And I think I think she was bloody, really bloody good in this. Yeah. And she's also been good in the um, some of the Big Finish Seventh Doctor stuff I've listened to as well. Yeah, I haven't actually listened to any of hers. So yeah, so no, she's. We'll have to. Yeah, it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, I just thought I was. I was actually pleasantly surprised because I think I wasn't really looking forward to this one too much. No, I think we'd had yeah after last week's, and then you think, oh, I'm not really sure how this one's going to go. But I think it just shows you you've got to try not to be these things if they're not trying to be too clever. And when I say too clever, I mean trying to be too complicated in the plot. Yeah. You've got to have something that is reasonably easy to follow, I think, in these sort of stories when you've just got one character narrating. Yeah, I think I think that I think you're right. That's the secret to a successful audiobook. But they did do it? quite well on, on the fact of the, the the keeping it the what what they did do well on this was actually the the feeling of we are running against time. Yes, there there was. They did convey that really well, didn't they? You did get that feeling that, you know, it was and the descriptions of the shockwave approaching and touching the edge of the shields and it was I say it was the description was really it was it is sort of like it, it painted a lot of pictures for you yeah um you I mean, did, this is what we said about some of the other ones we've had where they just didn't uh you just didn't visualize it at all a lot of this i visualized completely yeah you scenes yeah and i know what you sort of said before you know a good audio story will you you sort of paint your own pictures yeah but I think with this one, it helped you paint your, your picture. Yeah. Because there was a lot more detail there than previous stories. Yeah. Because the other ones, you literally just had to imagine this, whatever they whatever they, whatever they had to be at the time. 
but this was so descriptive about what was happening and um and where they were their surroundings and everything um, yeah if I, I could draw i could give you definite views yes. of what the what each what every scene looked like yeah definitely definitely cuz i have got that it's still stuck in my head yeah yeah i i i thought it was absolutely fantastic i really did i, I think the other the other thing that was a favour to me in this respect was the fact that I didn't go into this with any sort of like preconceptions. No, at all. To be honest, I, I really didn't have. I had no opinion one way or the other, and I don't. It's just because I, after coming off the back of Ghostlight the other week, I thought, oh, another Seventh Doctor one. Yeah, but I, I didn't sort of like. I wasn't sort of like, oh, I'm gonna hate this at all. It, I, I just went into it completely. Oh well, here we go, and yeah. and I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, and even the. the- the sound effects in this, you sort of had the continuous rumbling of the ship or whatever yeah. that went through it, which was actually really nice to get you into the atmosphere of it. Yeah. Without another, it being over the top. Well, another good thing as well, um, the score by Daniel Brett, he managed to capture the McCoy era Yeah, with, with the score as well. It was very, very sort of you know, late 80s, Doctor yeah. Who really was. Um, and I think, again, that, that just sort of took you into the story as well. Because you just you you felt okay. I'm now watching, or I'll say listening to rather, but you, you could be watching. I was going to say a seventh yeah. Doctor story because it, it just yeah. sort of it put it took you back to the 1980s. Yeah, job done if you ask me. Job done. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, it is even when I'm talking to you now about the scenes and that I can I'm actually still visualising. Yeah, the scenes in my head. So it's you know you sort of think well that has actually worked really well then. Yeah. Now, we mentioned the MacGuffin of the Voice of Stone. Yeah. Which was actually, and the reason the Doctor was after it, because it was actually a uh, a Time Lord message cube. Yeah. Which you didn't realise at first, did you? No, you didn't. Because I, I, um, they sort of like sort of described this thing, and then Ace got hold of it, and it started to come alive. Yeah. Um, and that was the sort of like, that was the little wink, because obviously it recognised Ace. And in, inside was a message from the 11th Doctor. Yeah. That he sent back for the 7th. Um, and basically, his task in this one was just basically to keep uh, Captain O One alive. Yeah, which is what I said. Yeah. Which, had they not arrived in the first place to get this message, yeah, cube, uh, there wouldn't have been the problems anyway. No, exactly. So it was no. It, it, well, I thought it was good. I thought it was yeah. good. Yeah. No, yeah, no. I'm, I'm saying, I, yeah. I, no, I you, totally you are right. It. That that is an obvious plot hole. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, it's meant to be. But it's it, it just that's what I say. But it's just a simpler, simple circular story. Yeah. And it just worked really well. I think this. I, I would quite happily go back and listen to this one again. Even I mean, we, we said like you know we'd like to listen to all these in order. Yeah. To you know to when it sort of builds up to the final one, um, I'd quite happily listen to this one on its own, out of context. Yeah, I really would. Yeah, this this and the second one. Yeah, definitely have been the two highlights so far for me. I think. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I would definitely come back to this one. Um, interested with the with the eighth Doctor one coming up. Yeah, I really am because I've only actually listened to a couple of um, McGann Big Finish. So I know that McGann's not in this, but I'm sort of looking forward to an eighth Doctor story. So yeah, it really will be fresh, to be honest. Yeah, it really will be. Yeah, you've got no preconceived ideas about what it should be like. No, indeed, indeed. So, uh, so there we go. There we go. I, 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 I've got nothing more to say on this actually because I, I just enjoyed it. Yeah, and like you say, it's, it's one of those things where you think to yourself, actually, I don't want to start analysing this story. No, because I, I enjoyed it too much, and I'd rather I'd rather just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, leave it where it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay then. 
Oh, that that wraps up that review. That, we've actually agreed on something. Yes. Hey, and we actually liked it as well. Yes. Crikey. Normal service will be resumed next week. <laughs> sure, yes. Now, next week, we're not entirely sure what we're going to be doing next week yet. No. No. Um, we might do a Target review. Yeah. We, we might do, because uh, we've, been, we've been talking about doing that for a long time, haven't we? We, we, we were yes. looking at uh, possibly doing Seeds of Death. Yes. Um, however, that does mean reading the book and watching the corresponding DVD as well. Yes. Yeah. That's how we like to do things. So um, all depends whether I whether we both get time to do that. Yeah, I've read the book. You've read it. I haven't read it yet. You see, so well, I've read it a while ago because we've now put this back. <laughs> we have put it back a long way, haven't we? So, my head to read oh, it again. Dear. Well, anyway, well, coming up before then, we've got a, uh, another interview special uh, coming online as well. Um, this one features uh, Chris Burgess from Radio Free Scaro. Mm. Uh, it's a very, very interesting interview indeed. So, um, so we've got that to that coming up next anyway. But as for our review thing, so it might be a target book, or we might go back to the series three retrospective. Yeah. We don't know. So you'll find out on the day. Yes. Indeed you will. You'll find out on the day. Okay then, folks. So for another week then, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance.